Welcome into the bank, a show which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome into the bank. It's February 28th. I'm joined by my colleagues, Jamie Seek and Mike Fast. Uh, so March is upon us. We're a couple weeks past the uh, Super Bowl uh, offseason all the time. And if you're watching the NFL stories across NFL Network or ESPN or any of the uh, large national outlets, of course, Lamar Jackson is leading the discussion. If you're here in Baltimore, you probably have some Jackson fatigue. Uh, the three of us do. But, hey, has to be talked about, so let's get right into it. Which tag is Jackson going to get? Which tag do you think he should get, Jamie? Uh, he, he's going to get the exclusive tag uh, just because I don't think the Ravens are willing to roll the dice. Um, I opined uh, a few weeks ago and I had actually kind of got uh, kind of got skewered for it on the board. Uh, I, I thought the non-exclusive tag was actually a palatable idea because the Ravens have been locked in kind of an impasse with Jackson for, you know, the better part of the last couple of years, to be totally honest. And how are they going to break the impasse? Jackson can't negotiate with other teams, so he doesn't know what his value is. The Ravens have an idea of what his value is. Lamar has an idea of what his value is. Neither side is real is wrong, to be totally frank. And how are they going to get to an agreement without talking to other teams and being able to negotiate? I don't know how you do that. And I know only two first round picks doesn't seem like it would be enough compensation, and they could they could probably get more. But again, none of these trade talks happen unless Lamar signs the franchise tag. Then you can begin talking, and then you have to find a trade partner, which means somebody willing to give up this haul of picks as well as give him all the money he wants. This is not a cut-and-dried scenario by any stretch of the imagination, and I don't, envy, <laughs> I don't envy the Ravens front office, and I don't envy Lamar Jackson in this scenario. But I think the exclusive tag is the way that they'll go because it's the safest bet. Um, but it's a big gamble with money. Um, Mike, Mike we're going to come back and revisit Jamie's kind of thoughts there uh, with another uh, – as we get into the show a little bit further. But just sticking right here, which tag do you think he's going to get? Which tag do you think he should get? And then if you could just uh, – I'm sure all of our listeners are aware, but make sure you clarify the difference between the two t- the two tags there. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I'm with Jamie. I think the exclusive tag is where they'll go, and um, I think the difference, if I'm not mistaken, the difference between exclusive and non-exclusive tag is uh, if it's like an exclusive, similar to exclusive rights free agents, the Ravens really control. Uh, who, well, who can and cannot negotiate with him. And so in this situation, it'd just be the Ravens. Whereas if it's unrestricted, if it's a uh, non-exclusive franchise tag, Lamar would have more options. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think the Ravens are also, also a different price point between. Right. Between, between right. Exactly. Is it uh, for me? It's just, <laughs> once you get above like 22 million, I just, 
it's crazy it's, money. You have 45 but, um, versus 32, roughly, well, I think. Uh, I feel like a week ago, $20 million was a lot, but apparently now, you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the Ravens, there's no way they will change course and be cautious and pragmatic and just very calculated along the way. It's like, oh, we're going to do this. So um, I'm sure Lamar's not going to be thrilled, but, um, you know, we'll get into this more. But I think he went into this past year betting on himself, which is his right. I think all in all, he lost on that bet, and now he's trying to do as best he can, and now the Ravens pendulum swinging in their favor. So exclude um, the restricted tag, I think, is what's going to end up happening. All right, so let's stick uh, on this point for a second. So will he ultimately play on that tag, or do you think he holds out into the season when he can hold out until uh, week 10, I believe, and – uh, still get his full salary for the year, or at least uh, his uh, the Ravens would not retain his rights for another uh, another year going forward if he played Week Ten on. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, Mike, do you see him? You know, he's tagged. They don't come to an agreement. Do you see him uh, holding out? Uh, how long? You know, right now, what do you envision? I unfortunately think he will hold out. And I think I just, I just don't have a good feeling about this. Like this time last year, I was more optimistic. I've said for a long time, 60, 40, he would resign, do a deal and all that. Now with the last, it's within the last two weeks, maybe in the last week where news broke in the NFLPA advising him, so to speak. And we don't know who in the NFLPA, but um, you know, that's not a good sign because there's interest not only, okay, they say, oh, Lamar's for your benefit, but really what they're doing is trying to, in, down the road, boost the values of other quarterbacks to get them more money. So um, that happens, they think, by holding out. And I just, I don't have a good vibe with this. And I think um, he's going to hold out. Now, how long, if he does hold out, if he does hold out, how long? I think at the end of the day, uh, he'll he'll play week one for the Ravens, but it's going to be a very unpleasant camp. So I think yes. it's going to last training camp, but I think it'll find a way to be resolved by then, by week right. one. So Jamie, Mike says, you know, Jackson uh, would get the uh, uh, restricted offer, hold out through all of the Mini camps, all training camp, be there for week one. What are you currently? Uh, what are you currently thinking? I mean, which way is the wind blowing? I kind of feel like everything. Every time I look at this scenario, I can see it from this angle. I can see this thing happening. I can see this thing happening. The one thing I keep coming back to is, I could see Lamar going the Le'Veon Bell route and just not signing the tag and not playing. I am kind of got myself convinced that he doesn't want to be here. I, I, I don't know what made me come to that. I just have a feeling that he wants to get out of Baltimore um, any shape, form, or fashion. And if that means he's got to sit out a year to do it, then um, I guess he'll do it. But now the flip side of that is I don't remember what the ramifications are if a player is basically given the tag designation, doesn't sign it, the year goes by, what happens to him on March of March 15th, 2024? Is he still 
the Ravens, the you know, do the Ravens still retain his rights, or does he become a free agent at that point? Yeah, that's what I, was, I just I was, sincerely can't that's remember. Was, that's what yeah. I was alluding to, Jamie. That I yeah. may have it wrong. We'll correct ourselves if we don't. Uh, uh, in the comments when we post this, but I believe he has up until week ten to return to the Ravens, play the remainder of the season, and. At, it, and then he would be a free agent uh, okay. going forward. If he did not report after that uh, point, then I believe the Ravens would retain his control for another uh, okay. year. Well, then I, I stand corrected. <laughs> I I still just have, I don't know, it, just something about it. I just feel like the, the, it seems like there's something Jackson is looking for, and I don't know if it is simply the larger guarantee than Watson if it's some looking for some kind of respect by getting to a certain level his value it just seems like he's looking for something I don't know what it is <laughs> and I think everybody's been trying to break down his social media or these comments and trying to get to the bottom of, of where his mindset is because you know you just don't know well uh, my own reading between the tea leaves Jamie's that I, I agree if those don't think he's asking for a fully guaranteed contract but i do think it's likely he's asking for more guaranteed than watson uh i understand that's not much of a distinction unless the contract years are different it seems like potential extensions that are being talked about for burrow herbert and uh, hertz would obviously provide clarification is uh, watson's contract going to be the lone outlier the aberration or is that a new precedent? And, uh, you know, Jamie, your thoughts there, uh, you know, I guess what I'm asking you here is, you know, Jackson, obviously, as you uh, mentioned, you know, he's getting advice from the Players Association because they want the guaranteed money that Watson got to be a a new fixture going forward for, uh, for for not just quarterbacks, but major contracts going forward for star star players, and you, you would think it would have a cascading influence for the rest, uh, you know, all contracts. So, uh, so this is more than just Jackson and the Ravens negotiating. This is the right. Players Association and uh, Bashadi uh, serving as de facto owner's position of not probably wanting to make that a standardization across the league. So, but three other quarterbacks potentially in line for, uh, you know, mass extension. Should the Ravens be waiting to see what happens with those deals to uh, give them further clarification? Yeah. Well, one thing before we get into the, the the specifics, when you talk about the NFLPA and, and how you know, Mike mentioned how they've, you know, been advising Lamar and and guaranteed contracts and all that jazz. The NFLPA's time to do that is when they negotiate with the league on a CBA. And the fact that the play, the NFL Players Association has kind of they've kind of gotten it given given to them by the owners, like not in a good way. And the fact that the larger percentage of the revenue goes to the 32 owners than it does to the, you know, 1500 or so players. So the, the revenue isn't even divided up in a way that's really beneficial enough to the players. And then the way contracts and the salary cap is, if they want to get to this point, they, I think they need to look to the NBA's model in a manner of speaking for that superstar exemption where you can pay that one player like 20% above the cap 
And I think that would help out in teams trying to retain their quarterbacks. But again, that's a larger issue in labor negotiations and all. But it feels like that's where the Players Association is. Like they're almost trying to set this precedent. But when you do that, you're putting you're going to put a lot of teams behind the eight ball because you're going to have the quarterback be taking up so much of the salary cap that how yeah. are they going to put quality players around them? And I'm I've sorry, been, I know that wasn't I'm, the I'm question. Sorry, but, yeah, I've yeah. Uh, mentioned a few times on the board just to, that I think they're ultimately the NFL is going to get to a point where they have a separate cap for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that, that, that'd be an interesting <laughs> way to do it. And it's it makes sense because you're going to pay you're paying quarterbacks so much more than any other position. And it's such an important position to have that, you know, and teams have to constantly juggle that. But bringing it back to the previous point. So regarding the Watson deal, of course, after that, we know we had Kyler Murray and um, and uh, Russell Wilson signed contracts that had different levels of guaranteed dollars than what Watson did. They were more in line with what quarterback contracts have been. So Watson still looks like the outlier. And then with Herbert Burrow and I'm sorry, Chris, who was the third one coming up for extension? Uh, Hurts. Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts. So I, I have a hard time believing any of them will approach the guaranteed dollars that Watson did. I think that situation was so unique. And then you had a franchise like Cleveland that was so desperate. Um, I think it would be beneficial for the Ravens to wait if they could and see what happens with those. But none of those guys have to be signed yet. So they don't necessarily need to be extended. So, yes, you could wait because I think that would give a better idea of the market. But you're also playing a little bit more uh, poker in that regard because you're waiting on something that may not necessarily happen yet. So then you could be still stuck with Lamar on the tag. And I'm sure the team does not want that. Mike, uh, tag on there. What are your thoughts? I think it would be a big mistake if the Ravens did that for a couple of reasons. Number one, even though Joe Burrow plays for the Cincinnati Bengals, he, uh, who for the most part don't like to splash financially, let's just say that, he is trending way up. Herbert not has – He's had more of an up-and-down career, but he's still showing a lot of promise. Jalen Hurts, obviously, was an MVP candidate until he got hurt, went to the Super Bowl, almost won the Super Bowl. So those guys are going to get really, really paid. Now, I don't know if they'll get – you know, if you talk about Deshaun Watson, I don't I don't know what they're going to get in terms – in comparison to him. However, the salary cap is exponentially going up every year. So by the time they do renew – whether it's with their current team or they become a free agent and sign somewhere else, uh, it's going to be so cost prohibitive for the Ravens. And by that point, they will have had to at least franchise Lamar one year, um, which will have been at least the second year of this drama. So I don't, I just don't see the Ravens wanting to do that. Now, of course, like Jamie alluded to at the beginning, that's just one half of the equation. It also depends on what Lamar wants. So I'm sure Lamar's going to want to maybe not hold out, but he would like to wait because he knows what the Ravens are offering. Obviously, we don't know exact figures, but he is privy to that. If he thought that was a good deal, he would have signed by now. So obviously he's wanting more. Like Jamie said, there's something more he wants. Uh, I don't think it's wise for the Ravens to do that, though. Let's build off of that and go back to – you know, kind of Jamie's initial point, actually, and you as well, Mike. All right, so you both think he's going to 
get the exclusive tag. Uh, you both think he's going to hold out if he doesn't, if he gets that, uh, at least potentially through training camp. Um, and if he has the exclusive tag and he doesn't sign the tag, uh, he cannot be traded. <laughs> right? So we're going to get to Jamie's point again about, you know, should it be the exclusive tag if, you know, because the question here is since he cannot sign, since he cannot be traded until he signs a tag, whichever is offered, would you like to see it? Would you like to see a trade, Mike, overall? Well, if they know, like if behind closed doors, they know, hey, look, a deal's not getting done long term. Yes, I would like to see a trade. And I think that, you know, the Houston Texans are desperate for a quarterback, have been for years. The Colts, you know, fans, older fans here won't like that. But the Colts, I'm sure, will be willing to pay. There's teams that at the top of their draft, whether it's the current order they are now or teams that would trade up, uh, you know, maybe even the Lions. I know they've, they're still working through that golf investment. They're kind of approaching the halfway point in that deal. Who knows? Um, but there's tremendous amounts of draft capital that can be had with Lamar. Because even though he's missed 11 of the last regular season games over the last two seasons, he still has plenty of stock, we'll say. So the Ravens, who again only have, if I'm not mistaken, five picks this year and love their draft picks, Say they take a Bryce Young or potentially a Caleb Williams next year. You know, they invest in Tyler Huntley for a year. They go the veteran route, and then they go for next year. And next year, the quarterbacks are looking better than this year. So that's certainly an option. And then, okay, you ask yourself, okay, say we get a Bryce Young, and you can get a Jordan Addison or a Quentin Johnston or a Jackson Smith and Jigba. You can get blue-chip guys at both those positions and still have at least a first round left over. Potentially. Would you be willing to do that and solve the Lamar drama? And, oh, by the way, save $50 million a year. That's at least a conversation you have to have, in my opinion. All right, Jamie. So you said you took it on the chin a bit on the board saying take the uh, non-exclusive uh, tag, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah. Mainly, and mainly people were saying probably the compensation was not Was not going to be enough. Yeah, but, and – it, you know, again, this circumstance has been going on for too long, and uh, um, the uh, it, it doesn't seem like we can get to any kind of a uh, – I don't know what that is. Is that you or – sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm, get, I'm getting all kinds of, like, feedback or something. Hold on. Let's see if that's better. Uh, yeah, it's better. I don't know what happened. Have them take it out and post. Um, the uh, – the, um, the reason why I propose that idea, again, just going back to it, we're at this impasse and there's no way to bridge the gap right now. It doesn't seem like so. Whereas that's not the compensation you necessarily want. If you use the non-exclusive tag, Mike, as you said, you end the drama. Somebody signs into an offer sheet. You can look at that offer sheet and then it's like, well, we want to match that or we don't. We'll take the two first round picks. We'll save $50 million under the cap, and then we build our team accordingly. Again, it's not 
the, the, of course, look, if you're looking to trade him, the perfect scenario is exclusive tag. He signs it. You get somebody that gives you two first, two second, a third, and a player, and you move on. But there's so many things that have to go right for that. It has to be the team that has not only the picks, but the cap space and the want to do that. And to have a team that has the picks, how do you have a rebuilding team justify giving away picks? You know, it's a weird, it's a tough, you know what I mean? It's a tough situation and, and there's no ideal scenario, really. But. Uh, very tough situations because for the reasons outlined, if he doesn't sign the, uh, sign the offer there and you're waiting all off season, there's nothing that you can really do to address the rest of the roster. Uh, and then you still might not have a resolution. Uh, you wouldn't have had a, you wouldn't figure to have had another option in the draft to potentially replace us. So uh, he, oh, the cards. Um, obviously, we're having some technical issues, and apologies about that. When anybody listens back, <laughs> I said, yeah. see if they can so take care that, of it. <laughs> Yeah, a little frustrating, but yeah. uh, kind of, you know, wrapping up uh, thoughts on Jackson. I love Lamar. I think he's a great guy. I don't blame him for uh, missing the playoff game. I feel he was hurt. And I also feel if our colleague Mike Randall, his comment had been that I agree with was the idea that uh, if you're going to knock Lamar, the one knock would be that he had – these negotiations at the start of last season and had he continued the negotiations during the year and they had found the deal, maybe he would have felt comfortable with trying to play in, in that uh, postseason game, which I think has some validity. Uh, you know, I don't blame Lamar with that deal not being existing, him not wanting to necessarily go out there and try there's a lot of a lot of money here uh here at stake uh and none of us are in his body and know what uh what his injury is but what i will say is that he missed a lot of time in uh 21 season missed a lot of time in the 22 season he bet on himself before the 22 season uh and i don't know what happened in 22 that would make the ravens offer more than what they offered prior. <laughs> right. And Chris, at the same prior. time, though, then the enigma is this. When he didn't play, the Ravens didn't do well. So it's this weird dynamic where he could say, well, look at what I mean to the team, because when I'm not here, you guys don't win. So he decreases his value by not being on the field. Yeah, but in the, ma- in the matter of speaking, he kind of increased his value by not being on the field in a in a weird in a roundabout way, depending on your perspective. Yeah, you know? I, I I agree. I mean you take out an MVP talent and you're not as good. But it, the most valuable commodity in sports is availability. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, right. You have to be on the field playing. Right. <laughs> and um so, like everybody else, we'll be watching to see what happens there. We're going to rip through these last few questions because we're having the technical issues. Uh, there are non-Jackson Ravens free agents. Uh, <laughs> lightning round. Jamie, who interests you most? 
Um, if we're talking about guys that are ra- just Ravens that are that are free yeah. agents, I'd like to see Marcus Peters come back on a if we can get him back on a short term deal because Ben Powers is going to cost too much. And um, other than that, Justin Houston, eh? But it, those veterans, we'd have to comb through all of them. I'm not even, you know, uh, J.C. Pierre Paul, eh? You know, Mike, what do you think? I'm going with Marcus Peters in terms of how he interests me, and I feel like. The Ravens kind of have a lot of corners, but then they also have had a lot of injuries. So procuring a veteran at a team-friendly deal would be definitely my priority in that regard. Um, Mike, we'll stick with you. Todd Mocken, he's the new offensive coordinator. Your thoughts there? Uh, <laughs> very happy with Todd Monken. I feel like he's really uh, just the right guy. Didn't really like, oh my gosh, at first, oh my gosh, we need Munkin, Munkin. He's the only guy, he's the only guy. But when we got him, I started to listen to him and kind of go back and see what he's done. It's like, man, this fits. So uh, typical Ravens, do your due diligence, get the right guy, no matter what the uh, initial blowback might be. But, hey, fans should be happy. Greg Raymond's gone, so. Jamie, you gave uh, some thoughts on the hire in an article. Just uh, quick hits there. Yeah, just uh, some uh, weird parallels to a few years back when when uh, the Ravens hired Mark Tressman. There was a lot of uh, um, lauding of that hire. There was a lot of pundits and former players that said, oh, it's a perfect fit, and this guy does this, and Mark Tressman's a quarterback whisperer and all these things, and we know that tenure was a flop at best and ended after 18 months. Both guys, both Munkin and Tressman, veteran coaches, hired at around the same age. We know Harbaugh has a penchant for he likes to hire these veterans. He doesn't like to go with the young, up-and-coming type guy. With that said, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Todd Munkin, but he said all the right things in the press conference. Uh, When you look at his track record, what he's been able to do with different personnel – and how he's been able to get the most out of, I mean, Baker Mayfield had his best season under Munkin. Um, he was able to, you know, take a walk on a Georgia and have him be two-time national champion. So there's something there. I think this is the best compromise between what some fans lament as a hardball move and the move that was best for the team to make. I think this is a nice compromise because, again, Harbaugh got an established veteran to add to his staff. But he's a guy that seems like he's very adaptable and very much a player's coach. So I, I think think we got a we got a good one, but we'll see. The Ravens currently have the twenty second overall selection in the draft, uh, based on the mocks that you're seeing to date. And that draft position who currently interests you the most, Jamie? Um uh, the, the couple of the wide receivers, you know, it's intriguing when you look at you look at Zay Flowers, but his his measurables as far as size are a little bit more on the He's kind of like a in the a bigger Hollywood Brown, but he's good route runner, good hands. Um, the 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 kid from Ohio State, God, I, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Is it in Jigba? Is that how we pronounce it? It's um, Jackson but, Smith and Jigba. Yeah, in Jigba. Yeah, the you know a little bit bigger, um, but we always talk about wide receivers and how they rookie sh- wide receivers struggle. But when you heard Munkin talking about spacing in the passing game. And it makes you wonder if a rookie wide receiver will develop faster if they're in a system that allows them to thrive. 
So it's either wide receiver or the other intriguing name I saw. This might be a little bit of a reach, but I've seen him climbing up some of the charts. It charts is the kid Deontay Banks, the cornerback from Maryland. He's starting to come up some of the, the draft boards. He's some places have him like in the mid fifties, but then I've and then I actually saw him mock to the Ravens a couple of times at 22, depending on where you look. So it might be a little bit of a reach at this point, but I think he's intriguing. 6-2, plays physical, you know, press man type corner, which fits well in the system. And we could definitely use a high end, you know, high upside corner. Uh Mike, how about you? I know you're always looking uh eye to the draft. Jackson Smith and Jig was the guy for me. I think He's a position of need. He's a great talent, and he figures to be on the board at that time or thereabouts. That's kind of their trifecta where, you know, it's a team fit. It's a team it's, it's a team position fit, team philosophy fit, and he should be there. So that would be like the perfect storm. The other guy I thought about uh, today that Ravens fans would – I'm sure hate, but it would be a typical Ravens mood to be Luca Van Ness, the defensive end from Iowa. And he's a guy who I feel like has he is a Raven. He's going to have really good size, get after the pass, or set the edge, particularly in the run. I know Clay's Campbell said uh, during Super Bowl week he's going to return, but uh, he would be like that, that he would make that seamless transition from Campbell, I think. Um, you know, and the Ravens really value those guys. I'll say it again, AFC North, you got to win, you know, in any division, you win your division first, particularly in the AFC North, Nick Chubb, uh, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. You got to stop the run. And he's a guy that should be there. Uh, not my first choice, but I would be very happy with if they got him. Pro Football Focus had Patrick Queen as the Ravens' most improved player. Uh, Mike, does he have any future in Baltimore after the Roquan deal? I think this is going to be a big year for him. And that's a polite way of saying that I'm leaning against that. Because you have, obviously, Roquan is unbelievable talent. And <laughs> thank you, Chicago, for some reason. <laughs> but thank you, Chicago. So they have him. They have Malik Harrison. They have Josh Bynes. You know, they have all these guys that they've tried to, even after Daryl Smith and C.J. Mosley, that find that go-to guy. Well, they have Roquan. Well, now they also need someone else. And Patrick Queen's been playing well. And I think so far he's set himself up well for the future. But this is the year he needs to cement it to make sure. So that he can get his next deal, but also give the Ravens faith, okay, we can trust him. So... To answer your question, I'm going to say yes, but it's about a 60-40 yes. Jamie, I think all the analytical types would uh, lose their mind if the Ravens <laughs> spent more of their uh, cap capital on uh, another uh, inside linebacker. But you know, what do you, what's your take? Yeah, it, w- it would be like trying. It's it's like 2,000 all over again. We're going to you know put everything in the middle of the defense. I mean, really. If they do move on from Lamar Jackson and you decide you want to build the team in a different way and the Ravens have constantly tried to build a defense, maybe Patrick Queen does have a future here because then all of a sudden cap dollars can be allocated differently. I'm not espousing they do that per se, 
Um, I've been not nearly as critical of Patrick Queen as many others have been. I've actually really pulled for the kid because I think he, you know, he came in in a tough situation. He was 20. He, you know, it was a COVID year, uh, so things were odd. You know, training camp wasn't normal. It took him a little while to get acclimated. And, and the popular notion is that he started playing well when Roquan Smith got here. That's really not true. He was playing well about for about three, four games before Roquan got here. Um, so it's nice to have both of them, but I think that's a luxury that you just can't afford to have. You just can't pay two unside linebackers. I mean, what would you have to give Queen at least at least $15 million a year if not more to extend them. And like, I just can't, I can't see them doing that. It just doesn't make a, a ton of sense unless of course they go all defense and they give the ball to Tyler Huntley this year or something goofy like that. Our uh, technical <laughs> issues seem to have improved. So we're not going to yeah. end on a question with Patrick Queen. We're going to run back to uh, Lamar Jackson because this is Lamar Jackson all the time. Uh, Mike, I believe you mentioned the idea of Houston I know I've thrown that out on the board several times. That would be probably my preference. If you were able to trade him, could you get up to that number two overall selection and know that you would have either uh, Stroud or uh, Alabama? Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I don't know yes. why I draw a blank. It's too late for me. But, yeah, Stroud or Young. <laughs> uh, there with the second pick, which I would feel good about, not the idea of expecting them to come in and be – Overly productive, but I believe he could probably in their rookie year get somewhere between 25th overall up to 15th overall league average production at quarterback, which would be uh, between that and their salary and what you could reinvest the rest of the roster. I think uh, you could be pretty competitive in year one and year two, you would expect to take a leap. Uh, if that's not possible, then you'd want to trade Jackson for the best package available. And then, then I would probably target Jordan Love with Green Bay with the idea of believing that Rodgers is not walking away from his contract and the money owed to him and thinking that Love would be available. Uh, that would be my preference. I, uh, if We'll see what the Ravens do. It, they are kind of backed into a corner. That's where we were kind of talking before the technical issues came in and just kind of wrap up on that. Yeah, you guys can't, you know, it's a bleak picture a little bit if you don't find an extension because then you're looking the rest of the offseason of just kind of twiddling your thumbs and thinking, where are we as a franchise and what are we doing? So uh, you guys kind of both alluded, you know, Jamie, I think you said you believe Jackson wants to leave. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But you're both kind of on board with the idea of, I think resolution is what what you want as quickly as possible, right? And it's uh, I think the frustration for us as Ravens fans and and otherwise is that we're looking at this and we're realizing there might not be resolution any time uh, time soon. So I'll let you guys get final thoughts. Uh, just overall, Jamie, go ahead. Uh, I mean, to to sum up the stuff we've talked about, it's it's everything hinges on Lamar Jackson. And I think before when the season, when this past season started and they didn't have a resolution, I, and I said this several times was this is going to be the biggest off season in Ravens history. And this is going to decide the direction of the franchise for the next, you know, five to seven years, because it's either going to be, they're going to move forward with Jackson and try to, to put a championship together with him, with that, Basically, no one else in the league believed they could do it because everybody else in the league passed on Lamar Jackson when they had an opportunity to draft him. Um, so until 
we get to a resolution there, everything is ground to a halt. And unfortunately, anything you want to bring up just doesn't matter because they don't know how much cap space they're going to have and they don't know what direction they're going to go with the guy under center. And that's pretty important. So until that's resolved, we're just in a holding pattern. Mike, uh, wrap us up for tonight. At the end of the day, the Ravens fans should be optimistic because either you'll have Lamar Jackson or you're going to trade him for a ransom. And the latter is like something is something I think they need to prepare for if they haven't done so already. And I kind of teased it a few months ago. Now I feel like each week is getting increasing popularity. The Ravens, for all the talk about they don't draft receivers well or they only draft defense or primarily draft defense, like their track record is indisputably at the top of the league in terms of drafting overall quality. So you have to think, if they get multiple firsts in a couple seconds and maybe a third, as Jamie alluded to, and potentially even a player, there's no way they won't hit on at least a few of those. So it will be a restart of sorts. But not only do you get that fresh start, new offensive coordinator, you get a huge, massive cap savings. The other side... They get Lamar under contract, whether it's franchise and sign or or just a straight extension and surpass the tag altogether, which would be great. <laughs> but And then they get the whole thing dealt with. So all in all, to summarize, I think it's coming to a head soon, within a few couple months. And I, I just think that by week one, we'll be in good shape and ready to go to challenge for division championship. And that is really – the best you can hope for. Good thoughts as always from uh, Jamie Seek and Mike Bass. This will be Mike's last pod of us for a while, but you'll be able to find his uh, contributions directly at the site, BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com. You can always follow him on Twitter at Mike Fast NFL. Mike Fast NFL. Uh, Jamie and I will be back yeah, in a couple weeks. We'll let some more news uh, simmer up. We'll come back. We'll see if we have a uh, new co-host to join us, but. Thanks for listening. Sorry about the technical issues. Catch us at the site, BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com, and we'll be uh, we'll be back. Take care.